from 87 Lafayette, it's Coronapod. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. Oh man, it is late, and I'm feeling kind of nostalgic. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, look, we didn't get the Oregon version of Boys Club. That's true. I'm... Alessandro, if you're listening, we are eagerly awaiting the organ version of but Boys Club. But it was a hot summer day today. Really hot. We met more of our neighbors on the it roof. It was really beautiful. We had lovely like evening cocktails before like a long, lengthy dinner. I yeah. mean, I, I'm very sad that you're leaving tomorrow, but parts of New York are still here, and I think... Over the course of the summer, as this all remains shut down, people are going to learn that. And I think that the open streets, the, like, hopefully alfresco open-air dining, like, New York's going to be fine. I did have a moment of optimism today. I walked to... I, I, I developed kind of a, a weekend tradition... Every either Friday or Saturday. It's mostly been Saturdays, but today I did it on Friday. I walk to Lorena over on Myrtle, and I buy fresh pasta. And on my way back, I stop at Rodora, and I buy a bottle of wine. Uh, and often at Lorena, they are selling focaccia, too. So I come back, and I have... We all have... Some focaccia with olive oil and salt and pepper and a bottle of wine on the roof. And it's this really beautiful thing. And as I was walking back, excited about my focaccia and my wine, it was 7 o'clock, and I was walking past Fort Greene Park, and, like, the whole park basically, like, stands up and starts clapping at the same time, and everyone was on their stoops, and I don't know, it was just very beautiful, and we can debate whether or not the, like, cheering means anything and whether or not it's pointless, but anyway, I had this moment where I was like, wow, you know, everyone who doesn't live in New York is always like, New Yorkers are such hard asses and so mean, but I think that there's, like, more community in New York than anywhere else. It's funny, I I wrote one of my college essays about this. I wrote about how As I biked across the United States, every town I got into, people were so nice, so generous. Um, I spent the night in the beer garden of this one bar in this tiny, tiny town in Washington State. And the bar owner kicked all of the people out of the bar so that we could go to sleep at 1030. And when I got to New York City, no one asked anything anymore, right? Like this, Mm. I'd spent... Two months, every single time I saw someone, they would say, who are you? What's your story? And then they would share why they were wherever they were, right? You know, Mm -hmm. that cul-de-sac Idaho was named cul-de-sac because it was a cul-de-sac. That's where the train literally would turn around. And you learn all these stories and you share so much about yourself. And then I get to New York City and I'm a New Yorker and I've... I've talked New York City up so much that New York City truly is the greatest city in the world, right? I think it's one of the claims where it sounds insane, but it, but it's true. It's totally and no true. one in New York asked me anything. And I think that's what people don't realize about New Yorkers. And I think why tourists don't think New Yorkers are rude 
is because the minute you ask for help, the minute you stand outside a subway station with an MTA map unfurled, mm-hmm. someone will come and help you get to where you're going. Someone will help you decipher the inane, impossible MTA weekend you know, directions. <laughs> but if you don't look for help, you don't look like you need help, and you don't ask for help, kind of the power of New York is that no one will bother you. Mm-hmm. And right now in this really difficult time where we need help, people are doing that. And maybe it's, an, it's, it's, it's not an empty gesture to clap at 7 p.m. because it's a way of reaffirming that like, when push comes to shove, when you say, please give me a helping hand, New Yorkers will. And again, we talk about what a shit show the government is, but truly I believe that. And like, yesterday we had cocktails with one of our neighbors to... Socially distanced, roof to roof. To the east. To the east. And then tonight, we, we had another beautiful Yeah, we met Susan and... Cole and Ty, who... And, you know, Catherine, who's, who uh, is, is kind of a New Yorker, now a New Yorker, said, you know what? There are other people on the roof over there. Let's go give them some of the cookies that we baked. And she offered them some cookies, and then we sat out there for like 45 minutes and just chatted about... Everything. Everything. And, you know, I in a weird way, we probably would have never met Susan if it weren't for this, but... That's like the kind of thing that only happens in New York. You're standing on the roof of a building. There's no nothing to prevent you falling off. This the is roof a massive OSHA violation. To be fair, OSHA violation. We were on the roof of not our building. Of some, we were trespassing and on Susan other people's roofs. Was on the roof of a different building because we live what four buildings apart. So yeah. we were on, and I agree. Like it sucks and it's not easy, and we could be doing so much better. But for people who are saying this is the death of New York City and this proves that cities are bad, like, cities are resilient. And they're resilient Mm -hmm. because of the people who choose to live in them. And I always get angry at people who are like, oh, you have to, like, be gritty to live in New York. Like, living in New York is like a... No, living in New York is the best decision you can make. And there's so many positives. And... You know, I I always say... um... To, to everyone I talk to about New York, I say everyone should live in New York at least once in their life. Anyone who doesn't choose to do that to me is totally crazy. And I know people have different preferences and everything, but, you know, like my, my sister, I once said to her, do you want to move to New York after college? And she said, eh, nah. I said, how could you... It, it's, all, it's incomprehensible to me how someone could not want to move to New York because seeing what I see in New York, it's like... I just don't understand how, how anyone could live anywhere else. And um, you know, as, I, as I walked around the neighborhood today, I just had, I had this feeling of like tremendous affection and pride and a sense of belonging and um, resilience. It's going to be bad. It's not getting better anytime soon. We're about to enter Carmageddon as everyone just drives their cars everywhere. But, yeah, meeting someone new and talking to them and knowing that there are communal shared values across New York City is, Mm -hmm. it's heartening and it makes me feel good. And I think that's, 
it's what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really agree. It, um, it was a day that made me sad to be leaving New York, not for long, but even, even for, for even for a couple of months, you know, I, I always feel like when I'm not in New York that, um, I, I miss it. And so I'll miss being here. I'll miss you. I'll, um, and I'll miss New York a lot. And well, should we, should we tell our listeners the big news? Well, I, I, it's, it's debatable. You know, listeners can give us feedback, but, uh, we're debating. Do we move to a bi-weekly schedule for Coronapod or maybe even weekly? Listeners, we want to hear from you. Now, we think it would not be the same. We would try to put together a longer... A longer show. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's challenging to make a show every night. And uh, I think we've learned a lot from... We've learned a lot. This I don't know what? if we've gotten any better. This 62 episodes. Incredible back catalog. I think, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that um, bi-weekly will let us cobble together really, really good guests. Not that any of our guests have been anything other than incredible. Um, and also, uh, you know, just uh, maybe give us a, a tiny bit of a break. But uh, listeners... If you're listening, odds are you have our cell phone numbers. So you should give us a call and tell us what you think. But the current plan is bi-weekly, I think. Wednesday, Sunday. We're going to figure it out. Uh, but that's, that's the plan. What else are you thinking, Adam? I don't know. I don't know. I have some stuff to drop off at my sister's tomorrow. How tomorrow, are you going to drop it off? Bicycle. Hmm. Tomorrow is my brother's graduation. Let's, let's pause on that for a moment. You, you said to me, we were cooking dinner earlier, and you said, wow, I just got the email from my brother canceling the invite for his graduation weekend. Yeah. But How so, did that make you feel? I mean, I saw him yesterday, so... But it was... I think back to my graduation and how, like... It was, it was very important for, I didn't think it was that important, right? Like, it was a mm. hot, sticky, sunny day, and I wore, like, a dark black, you know, gown, right? <laughs> it was, like, spitzing to yeah. no end underneath um, it. But it was really important, I think, and it, like, meant a lot to me, and my grandfather was a little ill at the time, so my grandparents couldn't come, and that's why it was so critical that... You know, they went to my sister's graduation in Chicago. Actually, I was at Dana Scott's graduation. Crazy. So, um, but now they won't have that opportunity to go to Max's graduation. And I think, like, they've really been looking forward to it for a long time. And it, it didn't really mean anything to me. Um, and I think that the fact that hopefully we get to spend a lot of time together this summer will make up for it. Mm. Right? But... It's easier for me to say, ha ha, it was canceled, we're going to do it over Zoom. But for him, I think it's, it's a lot harder because he worked for years in high school and years in college. You know, what you say about your grandparents is so true. It, 
I forget who said this to me, but maybe the, the dean of my college or something said, graduation, it's not really for you. It, it's really for your families. And that's so true. You know, it's such a rare opportunity for a whole family to come together and to just like put any kind of acrimony aside and just focus on one thing. And, you know, my, my grandfather, to whom I was really, really close, um, was so proud of me for going to Yale and he was very sick for the last few years of his life and he said over and over you know I'm just hanging on so I can see you graduate and and, it, and and then and then he actually passed away like five days before my graduation but I'd passed all my exams at that point and so I think he knew that I was through through the woods um, but yeah it's I I think it must be really really hard for for anyone who like had this big moment that they were looking forward to well it gets back to what we were talking about with the clapping at seven right like it's just a symbol it doesn't do anything right like crossing the stage and picking up a diploma does not do anything right Mm -hmm. not anything different from you know having dinner with your family tomorrow on zoom but symbols Symbols matter, and how people act matter, and I think we're we're learning that. Yeah. You know, it's like, I guess the last thing I'll say is, we spent the first 45 minutes of dinner tonight talking about what a memorial to the victims of COVID-19 might look like, what, what, what form it might take, and... What you said is true, and it's true about that. You know, a memorial, like, yeah, it's not going to make anyone better. It's not going to prevent any disease or anything like that. It's not going to bring anyone back. It's not going to bring anyone back. It's just a symbol. But, you know, I, I hope um, that, that our country finds a way to memorialize well, and to, all those people. Just to grieve. It's really hard to grieve when it doesn't feel like it's doing anything because someone's dying the next day. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's important. And I, I think we want a reckoning not with, like, the shitty decisions that were made, but with, like, where we are and that there's nothing we can do to change what happened, which I think is really hard because it's much easier to figure out who to blame and say, I would have done something different. But... That's only in a few circumstances can that really be productive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listeners, we'll, uh, we're going to move to a little different schedule, but we'll be, we'll be chatting to you soon. And uh, I'll still be in New York. Start spreading. This has been Coronapod. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay healthy.
Coronapod is brought to you by Momo the Cat. Follow her at Momo underscore is underscore a underscore cat.